magnums while jigging back something. Watch platinum, got jet lag from. Okay, 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 let's go. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast coming to you from a shared universe podcast studio. I'm Weston. With me, as always, is Lou. Lou, how fitting to lead in with I Love the Dough on the 24th anniversary of the notorious B.I.G.'s death. But this isn't a music podcast, but I think you and I would both agree we are both certainly hip-hop heads, so I appreciate that treat from you this evening. Rest in peace to the GOAT. Ooh. We'll have that, I con- said it. We'll have that conversation on another I podcast. I said it. I said it. Okay. Okay. So, Lou, let's get to this evening. Obviously, a, a big day in free agency. Uh, by the end of the business day, by last check of my watch, that's already happened. Teams needed to identify who they are applying the free agency tag to. I believe at last count, nine teams elected to use their tag designation. Some surprises, some not. But we did see two players get the tag for the con- second consecutive year, Brandon Scherf and Allen Robinson. Uh, yeah, no, uh, no surprise with Brandon Sheriff. Definitely a surprise in Allen Robinson. He must be pissed to be uh, tagged again. I'm pretty sure he thought he was on his way out. I'm pretty sure that was my exact message to you when we talked about that earlier yep. in the day. Is I'm not happy if I'm I'm Allen Robinson. So, um, again, let's get to the order of business. We this is our third our third installment, if you will, covering free agency T- tonight. We're going to run into the. NFC and AFC South teams always want to reset expectations. Let's talk about the team. Let's talk about things like cap room, identified free agency needs, top free agents of their own, and then what we're seeing oh so much of right now, those cap casualties. I believe, as always, sir, you have the honor of leading us off. So who is batting leadoff from the NFC South? Well, first and foremost, yo, my head was spinning today like rims back in 2002, bro. <laughs> they if, spinning, they spinning. <laughs> if you would have seen my face today, it looked exactly like Alan from The Hangover trying to count cards in the casino. I was <laughs> just looking through my Twitter feed. I'm like, what? Like, what's going on? But we are first starting off with the New Orleans Saints. And for my feeling, for what they've done recently, I don't have a, I have a feeling that New Orleans won't go quietly into that peaceful night. There are... They were 13-3 last year. I don't think they're going to be content on a rebuild and going 3-13. So even though that they're in the shitstorm that they're in right now, being $48 million over the cap, which ranks them dead last, I still think they're going to somehow, some way, try to pull this out. They're in cap purgatory. Yeah, well, no, no. Purgatory is like when you're in the middle. They're in cap hell. Yeah. So... Uh, like I said, their estimated salary cap is $48 million over. Uh, top needs. Normally, I would look at the team's roster and depth chart and and basically see who they need to improve upon. But I had to work backwards here because they, all the cap, the cuts they had to uh, perform in order just to get close to the cap. So we're going to switch things up a little bit right now. So we're actually going to talk about first possible cap casualties. I'm about to rattle off a boatload of names that are starters. Some of them are going to make sense, and then some of them are not going to make sense. And the reason why I'm rattling off these names is because they need just to sheer shed the cap. Sense make dollars, Lou. So let's get into it. So Janoris Jenkins, he's gone. 33-year-old cornerback, saves him $7 million. See ya. Quan Alexander, he's been on the trading block. They probably can't get anything for him, so they'll release him. He's a 27-year-old linebacker. He saves him $13 million. Emmanuel Sanders, 34-year-old wide receiver, post-June 1st cut, saves him another six. 
Malcolm Brown, 27-year-old nose tackle, saves a 4.9. Latavius Murray, 31-year-old running backs, $3.3 million savings after they cut him. Last but not least, Taysen Hill, a.k.a. the White Slash, 31-year-old whatever, saves them about $5 million. So with these moves, six moves I just rattled off, it's going to save them about $38 million, which is still not enough. Still not enough to get at the salary cap. So look for them to do a bunch of restructures. They've already restructured Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, uh, which is kind of risky because they're both getting up there in age, and that's a dangerous game you're playing. They're probably going to also look at Teron Armstead, uh, Armstead, Michael Thomas, Andres Pete, and hell, maybe even bring back Drew Brees and his dead arm to stretch out the cap number. It's crazy. They already owe Drew Brees $12 million this year, $11.5 million next year, and 5.75 in 2023, where he's going to be calling games in a booth. So it's crazy. Double dipping. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, they're probably going to have to re-sign Marshawn Lattimore and also Ryan Ramchek as well to provide some additional cap relief. Now, all that being said, we're going back to uh, the top needs. They look. They need cornerback quarterback, wide receiver, interior defensive line, and linebacker. Some uh, pending free agents. First and foremost, Jameis Winston. There could be some intrigue from both Winston's camp and the Saints camp for the mere fact that he has one year under his belt in this offense. Winston could be attracted to having two elite weapons in a really good offensive line, and he'd be, un- he'd be quarterbacking under an offensive genius in Sean Payton. Uh, for the Saints, Winston would come cheap, which is something that they need right now. And also, he has this, still has desirable skill sets. So I bring, I can picture them bringing him back. Sheldon Rankins, uh, he's a defensive tackle. They're going to walk away from him. His his play has been so sporadic lately, and it's also the last two years been marred by injuries. Don't think they can afford to bring back uh, bring him back. Trey Hendrickson, uh, we've been saying his name a lot lately because of his career ascension over the last two years uh, in 2020, uh, especially in 2020 where he had 13 and a half sacks. I think he leaves in free agency to cash in a career year that he had last year. And hey, maybe they still believe in Marcus Davenport to take over full time for Hendrickson, which softens the blow. Alex Anzalone, uh, he's a good, um, good playmaking linebacker who excels in coverage, but he has an injury-prone stigma dating all the way back to college. So I could picture him coming back just for familiarity purposes, and it won't cost them too much money too to retain him. Last but not least, this actually just came out today, Marcus Williams. They actually franchise, franchise him, which was a smart move. He's a 24-year-old free, uh, free safety. He's young. He's upcoming. And frankly, he doesn't get enough recognition. This guy has amassed 13 interceptions during his first, first four years with New Orleans. To say Williams is a ball hawk would be a dramatic understatement. They had to get that done. I'm glad they did for that for them purposes. Yeah, that's a that's a big person to bring back. So um, I love his skill set. I love that he's like only 24 years old and been in the league for four years. That's crazy, right? Like, so he's been playing at a high level for a real long time. So, all right, Lou, who, based on all of that, these casualties, who they got to bring back, who they can bring back, who are they targeting from the free agent market? Targeting the free agent market? Really? We're talking about free agency? Free agent targets? We're just trying to get out of the cap. What are you talking about? Don't talk to me about free agent targets. Practice. Yeah, You're talking right? about practice. Listen, they need a bunch of cheap bodies. A lot of names you're going to notice that I have listed here uh, or have a trend. They're either going to be those veterans are still looking to hang on in the NFL and stay in the league, or those underperforming players coming off rookie contracts looking for a play, uh, place to play, improve themselves for their next contract. I'm talking about for your interior defensive line, Mario Edwards, Derek Wolf, linebacker Raquan McMillan, cornerbacks Jordan Lewis, 
Darquez Denard, Rasul Douglas, wide receiver Kenny Stills, and safety Trey Boston. Those are just a mixed match of guys that would be cheap for them and just to get some warm bodies into the facility. Yeah, so Lou, I'm going to apologize to you because I quoted Allen Iverson when I really meant to quote Jim Mora yeah, saying yeah, yeah. playoffs, playoffs. I knew what you were referring to, mind, mental lapse. I'll so, allow it, I'll allow it. Thank you, thank you. I, didn't, I wanted to do you justice there. I agree wholeheartedly. Adding superstars is absolutely out of the question for this team right now. Their focus should be finding cap to fill 53 roster spots for game day. 46, really, but 53. Um, they got to fill out a practice squad. They're going to have to sign their draft class. There's still a lot of work to do, even with those names that you rattled off as some of cap casualties. I agree. Aging vets looking for their last hurrah is going to be because they don't want three and third. Sean Payton can't survive a three and thirteen season, right? He has to be. They have to be competitive in outside of Tampa Bay, a very winnable division, right? So if they can compete, playoffs are likely. And they let's be honest. I mean, they have superstars on their roster at a number of positions. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to get really, really creative. Yeah, they're not trying to become the Aints again. No, hundred percent not. Um, so who do we have next for you? Yeah. So I think I'm, I, I picked up a real good excitement vibe from you in covering the Saints, and I, I'm going to ha- deliver a lot of the same. I'm covering the Atlanta Falcons. Um, so I'm going to talk about, hey, they are, as of today, $19 million over the cap. Uh, they have a, over $11 million in dead cap space. They're 28th overall in cap space, in available cap space, 26 free agents. But the thing that stood out to me here, Lou, is they actually only have 39 players signed right now. That is by <laughs> far and away the lowest in the NFL. And they're 19 million over the cap from those 39 players. And I'm going to talk about why here in a second. So when they get to that effective cap space number, meaning they have 53 people under 51 people under contract, you're looking more at like 27 million over the cap. So they have a lot of work to do. Needs for me, defensive back, specifically at corner. Um, edge and outside pass rushers, safety and interior offensive line. And we're going to cover all this. Top free agents, center Alex Mack. Um, F- Ricardo Allen was was a free – he's the cap casualty, right? So he's a, a free agent. Running back Todd Gurley, Deanne Charles Harris, safety Keanu Neal, cornerback Darquez Denard. So between Ricardo Allen and Keanu Neal being released, you literally don't have a starting safety on your roster right now. So mm-hmm. – how do we rectify that? I mentioned the cap, the dire cap situation. So when I think of cap casualties, I'm thinking Dante Fowler. That's 7.9 million post Ju one. Um, they saved 6.3 from cutting Ricardo Allen. They've already cut D lineman Allen Bailey. So that's four and a half million. And they're still 19 million over the cap. So some other people they're going to have to look at: Tyler Davidson um, from the D line. That's three and a half million post June one. James Carpenter I had here in my notes. That's four million. From Tom Pelissario, they have released him, so they get that four million back right there. My surprise one for you gonna is is going to be, and it shouldn't be a surprise, Matt Ryan post June one, 17.5 million. Now the issue there is you don't get to recognize that money till June 2nd. So that's how you're gonna fill camp bodies. That's how you're gonna get those other people in the door. But that would be them drafting a QB at four overall if the chips fall accordingly, which would allow them to move on from a 38-year-old quarterback or a 37-year-old quarterback, however old he is right now. So I know that's a little crazy. Like That's a ballsy prediction right Falcon there. fans are like, no, Matt Ryan. Like Matt Ryan's been our, our legacy for so long. But the math dictates that something extreme like this has to happen. And here's why. 
So Lou, I'm gonna throw a statistic out at you. Matt Ryan, 36 years old. Julio Jones, 32 years old. How much money do you think they count for against the cap in just 2021? Well, if I'm guessing, what was Matt Ryan 30? I won't. Put, you don't have 20? your calculator out, so I won't put you on the spot. 64 million dollars between those two people for 2021. If I lump in Jake Matthews and Grady Jarrett to that equation, you are now up over $105 million in cap hits for 2021 for four players. That means with $75 million, you have to sign 49-plus other individuals. You can't compete in the NFL with a, a roster full of million-dollar salary individuals. Would we agree that? I agree. So massive restructures, and that's why something extreme, as extreme as cutting Matt Ryan might be logical if you get his heir apparent in this draft. That's the only way, because you cut him now, you lose another like 20-plus million. You can't cut Julio. You don't want to cut Julio. So these are things you have to consider. Why not just resign Jake Matthews and uh, what's his name, the, the defensive tackle there to, exp- to uh, spread out their cap it? That's what they're going to probably have to do. Resign them. They're still. That's what I'm saying. They have to restructure him and Grady, right? Like they're going to have to. I mean, if I'm Atlanta, I'm approaching Julio and say, "I'm going to bring you in your the future heir apparent. You still have a few good years left. Like, help me do that." That's the approach that I got to take. So, to me, this offseason is going to be executed through the draft and low cost additions. This is a teardown and rebuild year, and Atlanta Falcon fans don't want to hear that because it might be the last hurrah with their savior quarterback that they've had for yeah, the last 12 years. Yeah, they're hoping for like a retool. Yeah, like a and retool. it's not happening. No. It's not happening. So if I went in order of needs like Edge, again, cheat, maybe some aging vets here. Vinnie Curry, not an every down player anymore, but he can certainly ha- help with your pass rush. Maybe even real young and cheap, somebody like Tyus Bowser, 26, part of the future. Pernell McPhee, Ezekiel Ansah. These are the names that they're going to have to consider. But really, they're going to take a by-committee approach. They brought in new defense coordinator, Dean Pease. He likes to bring pressure. They're no longer going to rush with four. So they're going to have to get really creative from that aspect. Correct me if I'm wrong. Dean Pease, he runs a 3-4 uh, pressure scheme, right? They're going from a cover 3-4-3 three, three to a 3-4, am I right? Correct. All right. So hybrid, right? So like they're going to well, play yeah, a lot no of one, nickel. No they're going to play no a lot of nickel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually don't think they go for those uh, older players. I think they go for more players that have higher ceilings and then those retreads. Like, you know, Neville Hewitt, Jordan Jenkins, Kerry Hyder, who, uh, who also had like 55 pressures last year. I think they're going for like maybe like those younger players as opposed to like those older retreads. If they're cheap enough. Yeah. The, this, I mean, dollars is part of the equation that's here. That's true. So another glaring need, defensive backfield, specifically at cornerback. So A.J. Terrell, I think he's going to be a budding star. But you have Isaiah Oliver and Kendall Sheffield on the roster. I think they should go out of their way to re-sign Darquez Denard because he's not going to cost you a ton and he's not super old. But if I'm going outside that box, the guy that I have underlined here is Garyon Conley. 25, coming off an injury where, uh, where he didn't play the entire year. Probably going to cost you somewhere in the three to four million neighborhood, maybe two to four million a year neighborhood coming off that injury. But a statistic that caught my eye is he has forced incompletions on 22% of throws, which is the highest in the league since he has entered the league. Hmm. To me, that says this name is not being talked about enough. And if I can get him on the cheap, I need to go do that. That needs to be prioritized. I mentioned safety being a very huge need here. Jalen Hawkins, 24 on the roster, probably could be. Um, got some start snaps last year, probably could be plugged in right now. But losing Neil and Allen 
is a big deal. You have to find depth pieces here. I'm thinking like Jaquiski Tart, 29. He can play in the box. He can cover. So is he your free safety? Is he your strong safety? You can move him all over the field. Um, Deron Harmon, 30, coming off a down year in Detroit. Maybe you're able to bring him in. Remember, that was kind of uh, Matt Patricia's guy that he brought over from New England. <laughs> like He played really well in New England and just floundered in Detroit. So maybe he can new change the scenery. We've seen it work before. And then the, the last piece that I'm going to cover here is interior offensive line. Prior to the announcement of cutting James Carpenter, including his name, they had two guards on the roster. So now they're looking at literally one guard on their entire roster. That's an issue. If I'm targeting people, I'm looking at Forrest Lamp. I'm looking at Denzel Good. I'm looking at Quentin Spain. Um, but it's going to be like a lot of these positions, Lou. It's just going to be a lot of plug and play. Like they're not, they're not going to get better in free agency. They're going to get better in the draft and by shedding this cap. And then the real play is we start to truly rebound 2022 and beyond. There's one thing I think you might have missed. What about running back? I don't miss things. Luke. What about running back? Here we are. Arthur Smith, he's, his uh, style is that physical running game. They don't have a running back that can actually carry that uh, workload. Yeah. So talk to me about it. Is, do you have anybody there that you think is in line? James Conner. Okay. Maybe a Chris Carson who we will yeah. talk about. Might be a little too more coming. expensive. James James Conner has that injury history, so it comes he'll bring down his price uh, price point. I, I I feel the same way about Chris Carson as yeah. well, right? Like, has he played an entire season ever in Seattle? No, but when he does play, he's a budding star, you know. Um, so I think again, when you think about injuries and spending money wisely, this is the year that when teams don't have a lot of money, you don't get to name your price yeah. in the free agent market. So I could go all night about Atlanta. I had a lot of fun going through that, um, specifically just being able to say like, hey, guys, you might have to get rid of Matt Ryan, but neither here nor there. Who's third on our list, Lou? We got the Carolina pa- Panthers. Their estimated salary cap space is $15.6 million, which ranks them 15th in the league. Their top needs are tight end, offensive line, mainly because they're starting left tackle, left guard, and right guard are all slated to become free agents, quarterback, and safety. So they're pending free agents, Russell Kuhn, 32-year-old left tackle. This is the age-old dilemma. Do you pay a decent left tackle even though he's getting up there in age? He's only played 13 combined games in the last two years, but when he's on the field, he proves to be effective. The question comes down to this. Does he want, does Okun want to be paid in dollars or Bitcoin? If it's Bitcoin, the Panthers are going to have to let him walk away. <laughs> uh, then you also have uh, Michael Schofield and John Miller, both starting guards who are average at best, which makes departing with them pretty much easier. So I could picture them walking away from him. And news came out today. Uh, they're starting right tackle who's a star, Taylor Moten. He's 26 years old. Uh, he was just franchised today. Great move because I'm telling you, this kid is phenomenal. He's scheme diverse. He can run power gap or zone, and he's pretty good in the pass blocking too. Last year, only allowed three sacks. So great move to retain him. Uh, the last free agent that is uh, a little perplexing to me how, why they haven't negotiated with him yet is Curtis Samuel. I'm getting a vibe that he won't be back in Carolina. He's ex- he's an explosive playmaker. He's versatile. He's an invaluable chess piece. Every year, he's increased both his receptions and receiving yards. In 2020, he had respectful 77 yard, uh, 77 grabs, 851 yards receiving, while, all, while also adding 200 rushing yards on 41 carries for a PFF grade of 77. Not sure why his name's not being talked more, bring, uh, being brought back there. Uh, so I agree with you. I think more so now than ever, entertaining bringing. Curtis Samuel back has to be real conversation in that clubhouse. My reasoning behind that, 
is there are two big names today who received the franchise tag that are off the market that this team was probably going to be aggressive in pursuing. So bring back your own talent because I don't know, maybe one or two other guys on that list have more sex appeal than this guy to me. Like this is a guy at 24 years old and the statistics you just rattled off and Lou, you know I'm not a statistic guy, but you know I'm an eyeball test guy and this guy passes that test with flying colors. Now more than ever, you need to prioritize to bring him back. I agree. So talking about uh, possible cap casualties, uh, it all stems from Teddy Bridgewater. Post-June 1st, release uh, saves them $7.9 million while incurring a $15 million dead money hit. Listen, there's concerns about Bridgewater's physical attributes. And by that, I mean him lasting through an entire season and the limitations he has with his arm to fit Joe Brady's offense. I find it hard to believe he's going to be back. They've made it blatantly obvious that they're trying to upgrade the quarterback position with rumors of them being tied to Deshaun Watson or even trade for a quarterback in this year's upcoming draft. How do you bring back Bridgewater with all these uh, flirtation of other quarterbacks going around? I don't see it. They talk to John Lynch and take a play from a page from his playbook because <laughs> that seems to be the common theme out on the West Coast. Uh, Ian Thomas, th- that would also – he's their tight end. Releasing will save about $2.1 million, million. He's just not good. Never scored more than two touchdowns in a year. Last two years hasn't eclipsed 200 yards in either season either. Get rid of him. Uh, last but not least, Christian McCaffrey. It's a good chance they restructure his contract, too, to provide some relief there. They have to. Yeah. I mean, you can't release this guy, right? But you need to figure out a way to pull some money from mm-hmm. him and spread it out over the long haul. Yep. Free agent targets. I feel like this team is in limbo, uh, has an identity crisis on their hand. They're young, but from an offseason chatter, it sounds like they're trying to become aggressive around the quarterback position. It sounds like they want to start being competitive right now for the second-year head coach. I don't feel like this is going to be uh, – like they're going to be looking for bargain free agents. I feel like they're going to be aggressive and swing for the fences with some big-time free agents. Quarterback? Well, Lou, real quick, before yeah. you get into the – like by position, to me this is a problem that there seems that there's an identity crisis with there a is. team that it has a coach going into their second year. I mean, usually that's the first thing you do as a head coach is you come in and iron out and say, this is going to be the identity of our team. I'm going to part ways with individuals that don't fit this build. And I'm going to go find the people that do. And I know that's easier said than done. But why hasn't that been done? And I, Because I agree with you that there is an identity crisis here. But to me, that just doesn't bode well for Matt Rule. Like, it doesn't... I, I just can't equate yeah, that thought. In my brain. It does stink like the uh, panic. If you want my honest 100%, opinion, it's, like it's too early for him to be panicked in his professional coaching career. Like yeah. he's got a six-year contract. Like it's like that poker player that loses that big hand at first, and then it's like I gotta make up for yeah, it and just start, until all yeah, night. Exactly, exactly. So for some uh, free agent targets, uh, the quarterback, their quarterback answer is not in the free agent market right now. They're either going to trade uh, trade for a quarterback or be uber aggressive in the draft and try to move up on uh, for one of those top four. Also, you, are you – I know we talked about no trades. We're not t- I don't yeah. – But just give me one – tease me with the one name that's not a rookie that they could draft. Why not Deshaun? Okay. Why not Deshaun? Okay. You Can you tease there. me with another name? Another name? Why not Russell Wilson? These are big names. Why not? Uh, yeah. Why not? It's not? It sounds like they're becoming that desperate. They're, they were in, the, in on the Stafford deal, uh, the Stafford, and I just feel like those are two names. They're really, for some reason, they're trying to change their fortunes overnight. And I didn't mean to throw you off no, kilter no, no. there, right? I There was a method to my madness, and that method is 
this is a really crazy free agency yep. period. And what we've learned so far is that literally anything can happen. Exactly, exactly. But they're not, it's not those of the players, probably like a Mariota or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so offensive line, it all depends where they envision Greg Little. Is he their star left tackle or is he going to be their starting guard? Uh, he played. He has played better at guard than he has a tackle. So I could picture the Panthers really looking for to upgrade the tackle position. And one player that jumps out to me is Trent Williams. I feel like Matt Rule is trying to establish like a physical running, punishing team. And who else is better to do that than Trent Williams? That man is violent. Yes. But here's the thing, though. If Williams doesn't believe in, believe in their vision, fall in love with the Panthers, he, he wants to go to like more of a competitive situation. I mean, you have to convince him to do that. Then I think they go for plan B, who's Alejandro Villanueva, who's been reliable. He's a solid left tackle. Hasn't missed a game since 2005, which is something Russell Okun can't say. And uh, I think that's another – those two names are probably people yep. they're targeting on the left-hand side. So I had the same thought. If I can slide little into guard, yes, that opens up for me to be aggressive, to go get one of those tackles that I covet. And I think – Trent Williams is the bell of the ball in this particular free agent class. They're going to have to sell him. 100% because he's going to command his price and he's going to command where he wants to go because mm-hmm. he has options. He's going to be coveted. But I know we're going to drop his name a few times over the next few days in a conversation, so we'll we'll keep moving yep. forward. Uh, for tight end, Panthers are in dire need of someone who can work the middle of the field and move the chains to get those tough yards. How about Gerald Everett? That's a realistic target for the Panthers. He's an athletic tight end that has good some good has, has had some excuse me that's some good success, albeit in a limited timeshare, and will provide way more at the tight end position they've ever had since Greg Olson. So I think that's a realistic opportunity right there for to uh, upgrade that position as well. For defensive line, I also feel like they're in a play for some of maybe the bigger names. Matt Rule is a defensive coach, right? Yep. So Dalvin Thomason, he just hit the free agent mark. Uh, free agent market. Why not show up the middle of that D line and improve that 20th ranked rushing defense with Dalvin Tomlinson? Yeah, I love that approach. Uh, I think let's call it out. You and I probably both had them targeting Leonard Williams exactly. before I had to erase that today. <laughs> before the events took place today yep. of him being tagged. Super smart move by the the Giants. By the way, um, they chose the the better of the two players, which we identified when we were talking about yep. the East. Like, That's what they needed to do. Don't do what the 49ers did and get rid of the best one yes. to keep the other one for cheap. Exactly. And they they played their cards just right. Just figure it out. And last but not least, safety. Uh, they released Trey Boston a couple of weeks back. And um, basically, a player's name that you can actually take a look at here is Anthony Harris. He can provide much uh, playmaking uh, ability in the back end of that defense because he is a ball hawk. Yeah. And you talked about it um, in our, our last – episode when we're talking about the North teams, how much of a standout Anthony Harris yeah. is. And and I think he'd be a good fit for this defense. Um, he's just an opportunistic defensive player who helps you turn the ball over and put your offense in favorable positions. Mm-hmm. So we're that's pretty much that's it. it. We're going from the Panthers. Now let's go to the, 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 def- the reigning champs. The defending Super Bowl champion, the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers. $11.9 million in available cap space this morning. Then some moves took place right. that actually moved them to being just under $5 million over the cap. They are twenty now 23rd in total cap space. That's crazy that like they're over the cap and they're still 23rd. They're still nine teams worse than them, right? When you really think about this, they have 28 free agents. Top needs, 
this is going to sound a little crazy coming from the Super Bowl champs, but there's there's things here to look at. So like defensive line, linebacker. Again, prior to today, I had wide receiver being one of those, but I'll still talk about it. Running back, tight end, and I'm going to tell you why in tight end in just a moment. Top free agents. Again, Chris Godwin, as of this morning, reportedly getting the franchise tag. Super smart move on their behalf. Shaq Barrett. Levante David just signed his two-year agreement, but he was a free agent as of today. But uh, Rob Gronkowski, free agent. And Dominican Sue, free agent. Running back Leonard Fournette, free agent. Wide receiver Antonio Brown. And there's probably about 10 other names that I could rattle off, but this is the, the cream of the crop from their team, if you will. Cap casualties. I have Cameron Brait. That's $6.5 million. Oh, yeah. I have O.J. Howard, $6.5 million. So what does that tell you? Gronk's a free agent. If I'm going to have those two as cap casualties, tight end becomes a need. There's a method to my madness. Okay, I'll wait. DN, William Golston, $5.5 million. JPP, $7.8 million. I think JPP is a very tough call because I thought he had a very productive year for them. But I'm nitpicking because this happens to Super Bowl champions, right? Like they have to make decisions and people want to get paid and you got to free up room. You can't pay everybody. Um, that's what it is. But Lou, ultimately, when I look at this, do you have anybody else you would have from a casualty standpoint? I just was confused by Cameron Bray and OJ Howard. Why not trade one of them? Uh, yeah, think about it. We've talked about in the past, tight end is a hot commodity. And not we're not everyone... talking trades. I let you talk one trade about you the quarterback. It up. You it up. <laughs> All right. But Lou, honestly, when I look at this roster, especially with moves of like the retainment of Levante mm-hmm. David and now bringing Godwin back. I don't know why I was so shocked that they actually represented the NFC in the Super Bowl and won it. Like this roster is immensely talented. This offseason for me is not about them being aggressive and adding people, but it's retaining their own people. And they've done that with two of those individuals today. Another thing that's crazy to me here, Lou, is they don't have a single defensive back on their roster that is over 26 years old. Mm hmm. And these are superstars back there. These guys played tremendously. And so they're still under affordable contracts, right? Like, you're going to have to pay some of these guys eventually, but like, let's maximize this for the next year or two, potentially. I mean, you have rookies back there that played to me at an all pro level, even if they weren't recognized as such. So if they add those finishing touches to the D line, this team can and will repeat as Super Bowl champions. Wow. And you heard that here first if they do the right things. So D-line edge, biggest need. Barrett, Sue, JPP, and Golston could all be gone, realistically. So to me, that's immediately the most pressing need. The priority should be to retain Barrett. I personally felt, push come to shove, this was between Barrett and David, who they got to keep. I think Barrett is uh, is a lost cause and is gone. If If that is the truth, I think they made the wrong move. I do not, but you know how I feel about linebackers, especially people like Levante David. So I also had them targeting like Leonard Williams. Obviously, that's a a foregone conclusion Mm -hmm. at this point in time. But I think of what Sue did for them and replacing that individual. So I'm looking at people like Dalvin Tomlinson. More importantly, probably like Shelby Harris. I think Shelby Harris has a little bit of a better pass rush skill than Dalvin um, actually does. But they could... Try to bring Sue back. Or if they want that just run-stopping D-tackle, is it Sheldon Rankins, Rankins 
Um, if Barrett walks, I think they'll have the the ability to go look at somebody like Carl Lawson, Bud Dupree, Leonard Floyd, somebody just to contribute to that already pretty premier pass rush that they have because they have some interesting pieces that they do send off the edge in blitz packages mm-hmm. to begin with. They let everybody get after the quarterback in Tampa Bay. Like, would you say when we were going into the Super Bowl, Kansas City will light them up if they're blitzing? They blitz. That's what Todd Bowles does, and he blitzes everybody. So a few pieces here. I had linebacker as a need because I really thought it was possible that Levante David was going to go because I thought they would really covet the pass rusher more than David. But I that's thought he not was me. gone. Yeah, hundred percent. But I said I would go get I would keep Levante, but I didn't think they would agree with me because everybody wants the pass rusher. Um, so I really don't know because now they is this a need any longer? They have Levante David back. They have Devin White. They have El- Anthony Nelson. Devin White's twenty three. Anthony Nelson's twenty four years old. So to me, this need has already been filled from the the re-signing of Devin White. But the last two, three pieces I want to cover, wide receiver, question's been answered, brought back Godwin. To me, that takes them out of the market of people like Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel. I think they let Antonio Brown walk. I would let Antonio Brown walk. So the one name that I think does interest, two names that might interest me a little bit here, Marvin Jones, because he wants to play for a contender. So if he wants to play for a contender, is he willing to take a little bit less money to do that because this is a proven contender? But he's going to be a three. Does he want that? Deshaun Jackson, somebody to stretch the field beyond what Godwin does, beyond what um, Mike Evans does. I almost said Vincent Jackson because those two just remind me of each other. I know, seriously. (laughs) Um, So, but I think bringing Godwin back shores all that up. Running back, you lose Fournette, you still have Ronald Jones. But I really wanted to talk about this because, yeah, they could kick the tires on James Conner, they can kick the tires on Jamal Williams because they're always going to be by committee. But if you're going to be by committee, the name that stands out the most to me is Todd Gurley. 27 years old, coming off of injury years, non-serviceable years. I think he's affordable compared to what he would have been. And you're not asking them to do Todd Gurley things. I I think that puts him in a prime position to optimize his skills and let him get rest. You're wrong. Uh, I basically think... Hold on. (laughs) Yeah, hold on. Listen, Tom Brady is going to get on the phone, call up his friend James White, and say, hey, James, what are you doing this this fall? You want to come <laughs> down to Florida? You know, come down to Sunshine State? Stay with me, the family, bring your family. Exactly. Let's I, go. Got, I, got, I got a couple extra bedrooms. Yep, yep. I think they'll add James White so they can add additional wrinkle to this offense with Ronald Jones will be like the early down back. James White will be that, that, th- that third down receiving back out of the backfield. Or another name that's not getting brought up as much as I think should, why not? Mark Ingram. He's older. I get it. However, he's always been part of a committee. There's still plenty of tread left on those tires. And that's another physical style of running back they can actually take advantage of and has good hands, too. Mark Ingram, that's another guy I can picture going over there to uh, Tampa Bay. See, that's what some of the sex appeal to me is Todd Gurley. We already know he's super efficient. He has one knee. He's got one knee, but he only needs one. He's going to run in circles? Yeah, sure. Like a (laughs) one-legged duck. Um, last piece, tight end. So I, I already painted the scenario of all their tight ends being off uh, of the roster here. But I think strategically that opens them up to go get one of the coveted individuals in this free agency class. Whether you favor Jonu Smith or you favor Hunter Henry, especially now that we know that they're not tar- they're not franchising Hunter Henry out in L.A., um, I think this is an opportunity. And if you get really, really cute, Tom Brady plays a phone call to Robert Tunyon and say, come down and play with me. This is like Gronk Kittle light. Um, and I think he would do tremendous 
things in that offense. I think they stay pat at tight end, to be honest. I just, I, listen, I know Cameron Braid's been like Mr. Reliable, like Mr. Consistency. Um, Gronk is clearly a shell of himself, right? Like he had a great Super Bowl. You knew that was going to happen because it's the Super Bowl and it's, it's Brady and Gronk. But OJ Howard has never lived up to the hype, and I think it's just time to cut ways and go. Okay. All right. Let's move on. To the AFC now. To the AFC South. Lou, who is in the on-deck circle for the AFC South? we got the Indianapolis Colts. Their estimated salary cap is about $44 million, which actually ranks them fifth. Their top needs are wide receiver, left tackle, free, uh, free safety, and edge. The Colts are a loyal team to their players. They tend to bring them back. And they sprinkle in like nice signings here and there to be complimentary pieces. This is where I think a bulk of that free agent money is actually going to go. Uh, they're going to re-sign their own, and they'll still get one additional piece or two to help them uh, make a, a further run than they did last year. So first up, we have Justin Houston. Uh, Justin Houston, defensive end, who had a quietly a good year in 2020 with the Colts. He had eight sacks and played a full 16 games for the second year in a row for them. I think he wants to be back in Indy. I think Indy wants him back too. I can't picture him being that he's a little older, want to go starting over with another team. He's going to want to continue playing for a good team. I think he accepts a team-friendly deal with Indy and comes back uh, to the Colts. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, the Colts will also want him back. But Hilton, the reason say he wants to be paid, there's a 50-50 shot Hilton comes back, in my opinion. The question here is this for the Colts. Is Hilton's injury history risk worth Versus his uh, big playability reward, really worth it. So it's that risk-reward factor right there. He hasn't played a full slate of games since 2017. I think with the cap that they have, they can go get somebody better. I agree. And we'll talk about it. Yeah, I agree. But once again, they're a loyal team. I, hey, That's listen, what they do. Let's go win Super Bowls. I, I can't believe that this team, as talented as it is, is fifth in cap space and has the amount of money. Mm-hmm. Like They are clearly upgrading this year. Yeah. Next player. So you ever, you ever hear that saying that like, oh... When people say player X needs a change of scenery to rejuvenate his career, well, that player X is Xavier Rhodes. Last year, he had a bounce-back year in 2020 with a 76.3 PFF grade and had two interceptions. He basically showed why he was so good uh, back in Minnesota. I think he will get re-signed by them as well. Malik Hooker, 24-year-old free safety. Is he talented? Yeah. Is he injury-prone? Yes. Hell yeah. Just like he was in Ohio State, he can't stay on the field. There's some rumors of them shopping him last year, and I just find it hard to believe they bring him back. Uh, last but not least, Anthony Walker. He's a 25-year-old inside linebacker. He's a good off-the-ball linebacker and good in pass coverage, but I believe they move on from him and replace him with Bobby uh, Okuriki, who has shown flashes and big play abilities and, frankly, is more athletic than Walker as well. So for cap casualties... Notice I didn't say anything there? I did don't, notice that. Don't mess with this team. There are a couple of pieces away of going really far. Do not mess with this team. They have the cast space. There's no reason for them to start getting cute. But if you put a gun to my head and told me, pick a name, we're picking Grover Stewart, 27-year-old defensive tackle. He's, defensive, he's a decent defensive tackle. He does a lot of the grunt work. So what you'll see that he does and excels in will not appear on the stat sheet. So, but... They will also be able to save $7 million from uh, parting with him. Now, possible free agent targets. Left tackle. Let's get into this. All right, you ready? Yeah, I can't can't wait to have this conversation. Let me ask you a question. You're a right defensive end. You put your hand in the dirt, and you look right ahead of you or to the left of you, and you see Quentin Nelson. And then you move your head to the right, and you see Trent Williams. What's my response? Besides shitting yourself, what do you do next? 
call my mommy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, they need to pair these two guys up. The highlight reels that they would provide on all the on all um, you know the NFL Network and what have you would be laughable. I would love to see these two make it to uh, pair up on that offensive line and play bully ball. So I am already a huge fan of Quentin Nelson. Take his performance on the field. He actually graduated from my alma mater high school, so I have a natural infatuation with this individual because he represents us well. He's actually, Lou, from the town that we are recording this in right now, and he's a animal. And the only other crazier animal that I know on the de- on the offensive line would be the guy that you want to pair next to him. That's That's formidable. That is scary. And to me, that says we can run the ball all over anybody we want off the left side of our offensive line. It would be insane. And don't forget their center is good, too, Kelly. Now, wide receiver. If Indy does decide to move on from Hilton, uh, they could look to take advantage of Wentz's arm by adding another wide out that can take off the top of a defense. I'm talking about like Will Fuller. He ranked 16th in the NFL last year in yards per catch with a whopping 16.6. If that gets too pricey, why not target and reunite Wentz with – Nelson Aguilar. Yep. It's not a sexy name, but he has a similar skill set to as Fuller, and he'll be cheaper. And this just came out today that Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay will be on the market. So I think that's a realistic opportunity to get a bigger wide receiver who has who's a red zone threat and something that they really don't have on that roster, really. So I agree here. So I think in terms of stretching the field, the Colts have always hoped that like Paris Campbell or J.J. Nelson would serve that role for them, and I just don't think they do. Not as well as some other people that mm-hmm. they can go target, like a Will Fuller, like a Nelson Aguilar. Even if they're just looking to really stretch the field, maybe somebody like Brashad Perryman or Sammy Watkins. These 4-4 four, four guys that get down the field. But I think Kenny Galladay not being franchise tagged by the Detroit Lions is a huge mistake on their part because another team's going to get better like the Colts, who can go pay them, and I think they should be aggressive. That would be the creme de la creme right yeah. there. That's who I would target for if I was them. 100%. Uh, Different skill set. But yeah. but they don't have anyone that can really – that's that yeah. big I mean, Michael that, Pittman is, is – He's the one after the, the yards, uh, after the catch type of guy. But he's also going into his second year, right? Like, Galladay has proven he can do this. And we talked about that this team has every opportunity to improve and upgrade, and that is a clear upgrade versus mm-hmm. who is in that huddle right now. Yeah, so – uh, last but not least, on the edge, an interesting name to watch here would be Hassan Reddick. We've mentioned him and went over him last time. Uh, he had a breakout year last year with Arizona when he had 12 and a half sacks when they switched him from an off-the-ball linebacker to an edge rusher. So signing Reddick to a multi-year deal won't break the bank, I feel like, for the Colts. However, it also provide them some additional – an heir to Justin Houston. So when Justin Houston walks – you know, walks out in town, they'll have someone right behind them that can still continue that uh, pressure off the side. I, listen, with the cap room they have, if Reddick's your guy, go get him. If Shaq Barrett's your guy, go get him, yeah. right? If Carl Lawson's your guy, like, go get him. Like, they're not limited. You can't break their bank. And they are very fiscally responsible and shrewd negotiators. They so they don't... Even if when they're overpaying, they are not overpaying. They are stretching it out, so it's not going to be a massive cap hit. There's just a lot of lot to like about this franchise. If I am a Colts fan, I'm like, kidding. I'm, yeah, I'm super excited for the next few years. Yeah. Anything else you want to add on them, Lou? No, I think we're going down south now. All right. We are. We're going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. 84, well, after some moves and, and applying a franchise tag, $71 million under the cap. How awesome is that? They are number one in cap space. They have 27 free agents. 
top needs, cornerback, safety, edge, wide receiver, tackle, quarterback, which I'm going to talk about here in a moment because it's an obvious statement. Top free agents, 28-year-old wide receiver Keelan Cole, 28-year-old wide receiver D.D. Westbrook. Cam Robinson was until they just applied that franchise tag. Shocking, by the way. Not, uh, I'm going to talk why not so shocking in a moment, but yes, definitely still some, some shock appeal there. D.J. Hayden. 25-year-old cornerback Sidney Jones, and you know how I feel about University of Washington cornerbacks. <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. So, wide receiver Chris Conley, running back Chris Thompson, who, by the way, I think they should absolutely positively bring back. He's just a gadget player out of the backfield. I don't care that he's 31 years old. He's going to offset your rookie that just played super well for you in the first place. And I know you're getting Raquel Armstead back from COVID and, and other things, but side note, I think they should look to bring Chris Thompson back. Cap casualties. They really don't have to cut anybody, but they might as well and go get more money to spend. So guard AJ Can, that's five million. Tyler Eifert, five and a quarter. And I think that already happened. Keep me honest. Yes, that did happen. Also, there's been reports saying that Norwell, uh, their uh, their other guard, is looking like a cut candidate or they're trying to trade him away. So that can save them nine million dollars as well. My notes here, Lou. If I'm a Jax fan, I'm ecstatic. Like there's so many prospects for the offseason. Um, I just mentioned the number one team in cap space. We have the number one overall pick. Obviously, that individual's already been linked to this team. So if if they feel that Trevor Lawrence is worthy of the number one pick, you have solved your quarterback issue on paper for three years. On paper, right? Because that's how much leeway he's going to get with this roster. But it's going to be really fun. They have every opportunity to be aggressive and put this team in a competitive spot sooner rather than later. Listen, I'm a I'm a Debbie Downer. You always are. I really am. So I think the issue co- could possibly be this. Attracting top-tier talent to this organization that's been run poorly over the last couple of years. How hard, The Browns had this issue when they had all this cap space, too, don't forget. To get to get one of these top ten, these top tier uh, eight free agents to come down there could be a little challenging. It's not I, as easy as said as done. Just by throwing, you're going to have to throw more money. Then you have to overpay for those talents. The competitive edge is a yes. They do have the money to be, do it. B. They're not asking people to come live in Cleveland, Ohio. Come live in Jacksonville, Florida, where there is no state income tax. I get it. That's a huge. That, that difference. is true too. But I do understand the the point you're trying to make because. Do these players want to go play for first-time head coach Urban Meyer? You know, they, he's developed his own reputation at the collegiate level. Trent Baalke, you know, there's mixed of opinions out there from a general manager standpoint. So unless you have a torn ACL, he's not really interested in you. That That's the, the rep around him. But they have all the other moving parts and sex appeal about this organization to try to convince these folks. Um so they need to take advantage of their very positive cap situation and everybody else's very poor cap situation and bring as many talented players as they can right now while it is an uneven playing field and they have the ability to do it. The elephant in the room is, as I mentioned, is Trevor, Trevor Lawrence the first overall pick? Yes, he is. Like I said, you're set at quarterback for at least three years so you're really forced to, to reevaluate that as you're coming up on options and, and things of that nature. Um. So when I'm thinking about position of needs, cornerback, they have a superstar on their roster and CJ Henderson, but they need to add pieces here. If this is me, I'm targeting the likes of William Jackson, Desmond King, Mike Hilton, Shaquille Griffin, and I'm probably targeting more than one of them because I have the ability to do that. They should be not they should be sparing no expense. And I also think they should be aiming to bring back Sidney Jones. 
Injury riddled. I know you agree with me on the Washington cornerback thing, but I think this kid is super talented. Listen, he blew out his Achilles in the 2017 during that draft process. Yep. He was a top cornerback coming out of that year. I just think he needed additional time to get healthy. And really, he really played well last year. He's, he has great measurables. He's six foot, is four four speed. I actually think he'll be back and be, I think he'll be underrated next year. Safety, I think they can also be aggressive at. Now, there's been some top-tier names that have come off the list. Justin Simmons, um, Marcus Williams, mm-hmm. etc. They need they're gonna be going through growing pains with this quarterback, so they need to be aggressive on defense and bolster that defense in every position that they can. The sexy names, Anthony Harris. Yep. Can't believe the Rams did not franchise John Johnson or letting this individual walk out the door. Another sexy name that you can go get. And if you're looking for somebody else to fill the gap, because you do have Gerard Wilson there, who's 27. He's a young player. Maybe Jaquiski Tart, again, 29 years old. He can play either safety position. Um, and, and I think that would that would bode well for them. Yeah, no lies detected here. Good right. job. So a few more positions to go. Edge. I'm, I'm going to repeat myself. Rinse and repeat. Go get your guy. You're shifted to a 3-4 defense last year. You already have Josh Allen on the roster who had a stellar rookie season, a subpar second season, but missed half the year due to injury. Go get something, someone who can play opposite of him. Somebody who's going to fit that 3-4 edge mold. Maybe it is Bud Dupree. Maybe you're asking somebody to stand up that wouldn't ordinarily stand up like, hey, Shaq Barrett, like we're going to bring you, just go after the quarterback. That's all you need to do. So I think they could be really gr- aggressive there to pair with last year's first round pick from LSU, uh, Kayla Von Chasen. I, I think another year under his belt, they have so many like intrig- intriguing, interesting pieces that I think they can get creative with. Offensive side of the ball, I love the two two identifiable wide receivers they have in DJ Shark and LaVisca Chenault. LaVisca is that gadget guy, could do anything for you. But again, they can add a piece here. Kenny Galladay is out there for the taking. Are you going to go add him? You're bringing a rookie quarterback. We've had this argument with Tua, no weapons around him. How do you support a rookie quarterback going, going through growing pains? You get as many pieces around him as you possibly can. I think the one name you're forgetting here, Curtis Samuel. Now, why? Why would I bring his name up? Who coached Curtis Samuel in college at the University of Ohio? Urban Meyer. You see what I did there? I see what you did you there. See what I did there? Isn't it that, the called, Ohio that, State? The Universe, Ohio State. The University of Ohio is a different school. Yes. Well, <laughs> I'm just busting shots, bro. It's late at night. That's what I call <laughs> connecting the dots, though. Yes. Get Curtis listen, Samuel. Listen, this happens in the NFL all the time. Yep. Uh, especially in an uncertain market, like bring in individuals I'm familiar with. Two final pieces. I noted that they had to re-sign Cam Robinson, which they did. But if they weren't going to re-sign Cam Robinson, they needed to be aggressive at left tackle. You are drafting your franchise quarterback this year. You have to protect that individual. He has to stay upright. We've seen this time and time again where careers wither away because your franchise quarterback is taking 60 to 70 sacks a year. And that takes a toll on your body. That takes a toll on your confidence. So you need to do everything in your power to protect this individual while he is figuring out how to play the game at the NFL level. And you got to go get him a tight end. I have names here. Gerald Everett. For whatever reason, he never really, really took off in L.A., but he has a high skill set. He's a very athletic individual, and I think he could be a playmaker with the ball in his hands. Um, if Hunter Henry's not getting tagged, maybe there's some appeal there. Uh, and if not, 
Go get yourself an aging veteran in Jared Cook. No, no, no. Cut, cut it out. Don't save the money here. Get rid of, forget about Everett. Forget about Cook. Jono Smith. They have more money than God. Why are they going to get a, a, a cheap tight end? Go get Jono Smith or Hunter Henry. Either or. You get the top premier tight end that's out there. You make your, uh, Trevor Lawrence job that much more easy. So I'm done with the Jaguars. We'll move on. The only thing that I'll, I'll throw in here again is I think they have all the the makings to shorten this curve pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. So next up, uh, we're heading over to Tennessee for the Titans. They have an estimated cap space of $4.6 million, which ranks them 18th in the league. Their, type, their top needs are wide receiver, tight end, right guard, and edge. Uh, they're pending free agents. Corey Davis. The Titans ultimately would have loved to bring back Davis, but they – already alluded to the fact that they're not going to be able to. I know he hasn't lived up to that first-round hype, but he's really emerged the last two years as a good wide receiver, too. Uh, but he looks like he will be testing his uh, you know, his abilities elsewhere. Jonah Smith is another guy that they really brought up through the ranks. You know, Smith's career has been on, on an upward trajectory for the first four years he's been in the league. He's increased his targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns year over year. Unfortunately for the Titans, they're not going to be able to continue to experience this upward projection because he's going to price himself out of Tennessee. So look for him to leave as well. Now, this is going to be a controversial name, Jadavion Allen Clowney, uh, because some people love him, some people hate him. He only played eight games in 2020. He's a shell of himself. Well, well, yeah, hold on. He didn't have a single sack last year. On top of that, the year before, he only had three sacks. And on top of that, 2017 was the last time he played a full season. He's a decent player, but it really does look like he already reached his peak. And I think of the 60-40 shot, Titans actually let him walk away. Uh, last but not least, Jayon Brown, 26-year-old in, um, uh, linebacker. Somehow I feel like the Titans are going to bring back Brown. He's a valuable piece of the Titans defense for the mere fact that he's one of these modern-day linebackers that excels in zone coverage. Something they really don't have outside of him. So I, look, I think he yeah. should be prioritized to be yeah. brought back. So possible cap casualties, I don't believe they're going to cut too many players from the way this roster is built. I forecast them really restructuring a lot of deals. But if I if they had to pinch some pennies, look for them to uh, target some of their interior offensive linemen. Roger Saffel, who's 33 years old, he's their left guard. They can save him $7.5 million in salary. Ben Jones, their center, who's 32 years old, can also save them $6.5 million in salary as well. But I don't think they're going down that road because they're still productive and effective, uh, especially in the run game. A surprise cut could be a Dory Jackson, 26-year-old cornerback. He's going to save them $10.2 million. Listen, he's only had two interceptions during his first four-year stint with the Titans. He's one of those world track athlete stars that's just mediocre at football. So I think your philosophy there with cutting one of these corners was spot on. But obviously, with the news earlier today, the one that's getting the axe was 31-year-old Malcolm Butler with the same exact savings, $10.2 million. So I think that saves Adori for another day. But your philosophy is spot on. Like One of those individuals had to go. I had two different names there that are both post-June 1 savings. But I think that helps when you're talking about signing the rookie class because that's usually when the contract negotiations are taking place, but also filling some some camp bodies. So Adam Humphreys, 7.3 post-June 1, and safety Kenny Vaccaro, 5.4 post-June 1. They Listen, you for this team to remain competitive, they're going to have to bring some people in, and they got to get themselves above that $10 to $12 million mm-hmm. below the cap number. Just yep. my thought. 
All right, so potential free agent targets. Edge needs to be their main priority. They were ranked 30th in the league last year in sacks with 19. While, here's the kicker, being the top half of the league in blitzing at 28.7%. Translation, they don't get to the quarterback even when they send people. Yeah. That's pretty bad. So I thought uh, they're going to be, I think they're going to be serious contenders for Shaq Barrett. I really do. I think that's an aggressive, ballsy move that Mike Rabel will really t- uh, take a look, a strong look at. I can just one thing to add there. I think what makes them appealing to Shaq Barrett is he gets an opportunity to go play for another contender. He's not just taking exactly. money to go play at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, he fits that scheme yep. as well. Uh, if they strike out on Barrett, they're going to have to sell for those tier two edge rushers, especially if they move on for Clowney. It's the usual suspects we've named time and time again. Your Leonard Floyd, Yannick Agakwe, Matt Judon. Uh, so those are some other guys they can take a look at as well. For a wide receiver standpoint, they're in the market for a wide receiver too. And the two that comes immediately to my mind that provide different skill set from what they already have on the team are Marvin Jones and Curtis Samuel once again. Uh, we keep on saying his name, but I really think he's going to be really popular this offseason. Uh, last but not least, guard. They can bolster, uh, bolster their right guard position with a savvy signing of Matt Filer. We've mentioned his name a lot in the previous series, mainly for the ability that he provides – uh, a team in offensive line flexibility. He's played up and down the offensive line at a serviceable level. He's never earned a PFF grade lower than 65. So why not pl- uh, play and plug him at the right guard position? Yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna rewind to back to the wide receiver because I agree. Marvin Jones just feels like the logical right. fit. Just feels, it just feels like feels it. Good. It just, just feels, feels like a similar like a skill set to, yeah, exactly, to Corey Davis. Another name that I would consider here is an aging Alshon Jeffrey. Um, the corpse of Alshon Jeffrey. The corpse, sell, formerly known as Alshon Jeffrey. Sell me on this. I just think that big body possession guy, A.J. Brown does a lot after the catch for them on mm-hmm. slants and goes. So big third down scenario. Who's a guy, six foot four, knows how to use his body to position, like blocking out, rebounding. I think he has some sex appeal there. The other name that I would be aggressive looking at is Rashad Higgins. We've talked about him a lot, but... This is, would be his chance to shine in a as a number as a number two, right? Not being that that quote unquote three like he's been in mm-hmm. Cleveland, opposite AJ Brown. That so could, just some some that, names that, that have could some be appeal. Yeah, but, but I do. Th- Marvin Jones is like the guy. That yeah, they should leave, go leave the dead body of Alshon Jeffrey alone. I just think somebody gives him a chance, and why not a, a team that's competing? All right, looks like we're in the the home stretch here, Lou. Our final team of this evening from the the AFC South that will wrap up a. Uh, the Southern Divisions for us is the Houston Texans. I have them at just under $17 million in available cap space. That puts them number 14 overall with 27 free agents of their own. Areas of need, cornerback, safety, edge. And the elephant in the room is the quarterback position because this might be an area of need. It may not be an area of need, but we're going to find out real quick. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I also think wide receiver is in need. Uh, in my opinion, Cooks and Cobb, they're kind of like me. They're not the epitome of health here. And those guys are not your alpha dogs. They need an alpha dog at the wide receiver spot. Yeah, uh, and I agree. I'm going I'm to talk about one of them being showed the, the gate. Okay. The other that. one, they literally just can't. Did they lose money in the transaction? So, top free agents, cornerback Vernon Hargraves, cornerback Gary and Conley, wide receiver Will Fuller, running back Duke Johnson. I could probably go further down that list, but I, I won't. Cap casualties. Obviously, I thought David Johnson would be, but then he signed that one-year extension that helped him in the cap. They love those bit. running backs. They huh? love them. 
I feel like you had to re-sign him. He was part of what you just gave up your all-world wide receiver for. You want to so save face. You have to, especially with everything going on right now. Um, I have them cutting Brandon Cooks. That's $12 million in savings. Cornerback Bradley Roby, eight and a quarter savings. Guard Zach Fulton, $3 million. Uh, linebacker Benardrick McKinney, $6.4 million. So this is just a lot of savings that you're freeing up. So I need to be aggressive because there's just a lot of turmoil going on right now. But this offseason is focused on keeping Deshaun Watson. This is priority number one, priority number two, priority number three, and I'll continue all the way to priority number 10. If Deshaun leaves, this is a total rebuild. It's already a rebuild, but if Deshaun is out the door, you are starting from the scrap heap. You need to figure out a way to keep this man. I just think they have to rebuild. And the reason being, if they're going to try to salvage this marriage, right? I don't understand how they, once again, like the possible Jacksonville issue of attracting top free agents there. How the hell are they going to try to attract these top free agents to come to Houston with when you have players like Andre Johnson, uh, Hopkins, now Deshaun, these are your top players in, in your franchise history talking ill nope. about how business is being conducted. I don't see how that happens. They need to get young, they need to rebuild and get young again. Can you sell that to Deshaun Watson? I think at this point, the grave has been dug. He doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. So if you are able to retain his services, you need to convince him that I'm going to find you people right now. So that would mean, hey, we're going to bring back your boy, Will Fuller. We're going to be aggressive in certain positions. I'm not saying that's the right move, but that's what he needs to hear to be convinced that he needs to stay here. And then go build a defense around him as well, because I think he makes people on offense special with his talent alone. So build up the opposite side of the ball. Cornerback. You have some attractive pieces on the roster, go get more. Whether that's Cameron Sutton out of Pittsburgh, Bashad Breeland out of Kansas City, Mackenzie Alexander, whose name we've thrown a lot, out of Cincinnati, Quentin Dunbar out of Seattle. The middle grain people that are willing to lace it up, that are willing to ball, that are going to give you starting pieces, depth pieces, etc. Um, edge. They should be investing in edge, right? If you're not investing in your quarterback, if you're not investing in your left tackle, you should always be investing in your your pass rushers. Or according to you, off off the ball linebackers, <laughs> bro. They make they make the difference, you know. <laughs> if you can cut, if you could take away that tight end threat, you take the guy out of the backfield, you change a, the offense's complexion. I'm just just my opinion. Balls. No, I'm here for it all day. Um, Carl Lawson. Yannick Ngakwe, Bud Dupree, the list goes on and on. Trey Hendrickson, they if they get cute with Cap, they can go be creative to find one, if not multiple pieces from a pass rushing standpoint. How about Matt Juden? Like, listen, yeah. uh, new Texans uh, head coach David Coley comes from Baltimore. Once again, we're going to. I feel like you're really going to see quick connecting the dots. Yeah, for right. I did a lot of dot connecting. I'm telling you, I was like Alan from The Hangover. That was bro. the game you probably played growing the most uh, growing <laughs> up, right? Um, I think. I'm going to summarize this again and be redundant. What do you do if Deshaun Watson is traded? You will get a ton of draft capital, i.e. this becomes a rebuild, and at least one superstar or potentially a superstar in return. We've already talked about some of the the prime destinations, so it's probably getting that quarterback, somebody that maybe you can build around. I don't know if I'm building around any of those individuals, i.e. I'm not accepting any of those individuals in a trade. But Houston, 
you need to trade Deshaun and you need to stop kicking tires on this. As an or- If you are a smart organization, as we get closer to the draft, teams are shoring up their positions through free agency and making draft plans who they're going at. So you are shorting, shortening the list of entertainers for Deshaun Watson's services, which means you are increasing the likelihood that he can wind up on an already super competitive team that you may have to face time and time yeah. again. So get rid of him now. Get your pieces. You have a new GM, a new coach. Start the building process now. I think this team is an enigma. Listen, it's going to be real telling. You're going to know what's going to happen to Deshaun Watson in the next couple of weeks. Let me tell you what. I don't think we will, though. Oh, no, no, no. Once again, let's get these dots out, all right? If they're heavily involved in free agency, that's them trying to salvage this broken marriage. Look, Deshaun, look what we got over here for you. We're sorry, baby. Here's some flowers. Here's some chocolate. Come back home to mama, all right? Okay. However, however, if they're quiet in free agency, what does that tell you? They're shopping them. They're done. Yeah. There's no way they can bring him back without trying to sweeten the pot. I think they are spinning their wheels trying to even convince him to come back. I think there are just certain people out there that have certain personalities. And this is not a knock on Deshaun Watson. This is just saying I want better for myself and my career prospects in this short window that is an NFL life. My decision has been made. I think if they don't make this decision soon, he will hold out. I don't care what pieces they bring back. I was trying to sell you a sweet story that that's what they have to do to convince him to stay. I don't think there's any convincing this man to stay there. And I'm not even sure I necessarily blame him for that. But what I can say is be smart. Handle this situation right now. You never want to adhere to a player's wishes because you lose that leverage, but you are setting your franchise further and further and further back by not doing this now. I tell you who else is rooting for the Texans to keep Deshaun Watson? The majority of the other uh, owners. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, they don't, they don't want this to set a precedent. Uh, when their franchise quarterback is up uh, for a contract, and if I want to, if I gotta face him, I want to face. Unless you're the Jets or Dolphins, yeah. then you're like, yeah, trade him to me. Trade you should me. trade him. Don't hold him. But if outside of that, if I'm an owner of another team, I don't want to face this guy on a competitive roster. I'd rather face him when he's on a shitty team that yeah. like lessens the likelihood that yeah. he's going to beat me on a regular basis, especially if he's in conference, let alone in division. Exactly. So Lou, that wraps us up. I uh, had a lot of fun tonight. I didn't think I'd have this much fun talking about but the, the AFC or the, the NFC South, South teams. Yeah, um, but I, I think it was enjoyable content that, that we, we got to go through. And as teams. good as we could do. I think so. So that leaves us with one more on our list. So we will be back in short order with the NFC and AFC West that for reasons we won't announce, you and I are both excited about. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that portion of the conversation. Then I think it's time to watch free agency unfold, gather our thoughts, come back, recap some of this hecticness. And like we said last time, it's Christmas season. We'll get into the draft. And honestly, I can't wait for free agency to be over and to get into the draft with e- you, man. Exactly. I listen. Tupac said best. West side is the best side. So that's who's on deck next. Let's go. Let's hit him up.